As a pastor, I'm constantly concerned about how to create connections beyond just the weekend services. And one of the valuable tools that we have found for achieving this at our church is our app powered by Subsplash. It's one thing to have an app. It's another thing to have an app that has the ability to allow your community to access messages, resources, and even give. And Subsplash created that for us. It's become our go-to platform for connecting with our congregation in ways we never could have before. Subsplash is so much more than just a platform or even just an app. It brings people together, empowers giving, and transforms lives. If you're interested in learning more, I encourage you to visit their website at subsplash.com. That's S-U-B-S-P-L-A-S-H.com. Subsplash.com. Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. Join us each week as we work to make faith simple. This is Simple Faith. Hey, welcome to Simple Faith. My name is Rusty George. It's an honor to have you with us and for you to welcome my voice into your AirPods, your home, your car, wherever you are listening to this. Uh, If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, check that out. Just go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're listening from. Uh, You can also subscribe to the newsletter um, through my website, PastorRustyGeorge.com, and get updates all the time on new things we're doing and products we are releasing. And we do have a new book coming out uh, in the spring of 24, and it's a book about becoming a friend of God. And I'll be telling you more about this in the new year, but joining up on the uh, email list will be the best way for you to get updates on this, PastorRustyGeorge.com. Okay, today... Cannot wait to talk about this. I love the nativity scene. And I think part of it is because when I was a kid, this was such a big part of our Christmas preparation. We would set up the tree and I would help my dad because it was a tree that was fake. And we would kind of, you know, unfold all the limbs and and get out all of the, 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 the tinsel and the decorations and the ornaments and all those things. But then there would be a box and it would be carefully wrapped, and it would be taped closed, and on the box it would say nativity scene. And I would carefully open this up, and I would take out the very fragile pieces wrapped in newspaper from the 70s, and I would set this up underneath the Christmas tree. This was my job, and I loved it. I loved to rearrange where the animals might have been, where Mary and Joseph might have sat, where the baby Jesus was, which was always in the center, where the angel would have stood. Would it have been right behind Jesus? Would it have been off to the side? There was a few uh, pieces that were a little bit cracked, uh, but they would be carefully placed outside um, the nativity scene as well. And then you had the wise men which we typically think of three because there are three gifts, or were probably a lot more than that, and they always made their way into the nativity scene, although technically they didn't really show up till Jesus was almost two years old. But for the sake of creating a great nativity scene, they always come with the wise men. Now, I would always tell our church that if you're setting up your nativity scene today, you should probably put the wise men a little further away because they're still en route. They're not quite there yet. But recently, I've learned that there is a passage in Revelation that I think I just kind of brushed over. Because, you know, when you're starting to read Revelation, sometimes you think, well, this is weird, or this doesn't make sense, or I'm not real sure. I'm just going to trust God on this. And when I get to heaven, I'll ask John what this was all about. But there's a verse that is in the book of Revelation that gives us a new member of the nativity 
seen. This is what the verse says, starting at Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. That's pretty powerful. That's a scene you don't often think about when you're putting out the nativity scene. Maybe if you've read through the Gospels before, you've noticed that Matthew and Luke give a telling of that night in Bethlehem. Mark starts off right after Jesus is beginning his ministry. But John, John takes us way back to creation. He takes us way back to even before creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is a beautiful picture of two parts of the Trinity and even before the world has been created. And he skips over Bethlehem. Hey, let me interrupt for just a second. If you're a church leader and your church does not have an app or your app seems to be a little bit limited, check out subsplash.com as a great resource to really give your app all the horsepower that it needs. You can connect people, you can help them get access to messages, and you can help them set up recurring giving, which is a game changer when it comes to resourcing your ministry, subsplash.com. Okay, back to our episode. And he skips over Bethlehem. He doesn't tell us about what happened with shepherds and wise men and a Christmas star and these kind of things. But rather, John goes way back and then jumps right in to Jesus and his ministry. Did he miss Jesus coming to earth? Well, not necessarily. Because in Revelation, he tells us what was going on in the heavens as the birth was happening on the earth. There was this cosmic battle going on, and the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, Prince of Darkness, envisioned as this red dragon with seven heads, stands at bay, waiting for the child to be born, hoping to snatch it up at this moment and end God's rescue plan for the earth. But God protects Jesus as he is born. Later on, John tells us that Satan shows up again, this time to tempt Jesus face to face. He, he comes as a tempter, and he begins to give Jesus the same temptations that all of us have, the pride of life and lust of the flesh and eyes and the desire to create our own legacy. And Jesus is protected by God, but also has the ability to withstand these temptations, and he battles him with the Word of God. And then later, we don't hear from the enemy again until he comes after Judas. 
And Judas is now overtaken by the enemy, and he betrays Jesus. And now Jesus is crucified, and the red dragon thinks he has won. But once again, God steps in and raises Jesus from the dead, thus destroying the enemy. You know, that's pretty fascinating to think about how God was constantly protecting Jesus from Satan, from the enemy, and it starts even at the nativity scene. Now, this great red dragon with multiple heads and eyes is not something you typically get in your uh, typical nativity scene you buy at Target, but he's there. Maybe, just maybe, if you're gutsy enough, you may want to try to find one of these and put it in your nativity scene so you can explain to your kids what else was going on in this particular passage. I read one author talk about this in her family. She says, this year, I bought a plastic red dragon to include in my nativity. It has a grotesque appearance with beady eyes and sizable horns. It stands in stark contrast to the darling stuffed characters my aunt made, but it serves as a reminder of what was happening in heaven the day Christ was born. I will teach my children to reenact Luke's version of Jesus' birthday And I will also teach them that evil was present that day. But we don't have to fear the red dragon. We know how the story ends. On resurrection day, God overpowered the red dragon and defeated him forever. This, Jesus' triumph over our sins on the cross and the promise of eternal life with him, is as much worth celebrating as his birth. I agree. What a great metaphor and great visual for what it is that was going on behind the scenes and what continues to go on behind the scenes as the enemy seeks to destroy every single one of us. But remember, our victory has already been sealed. Greater is him that is within us than he that is in the world. And this Christmas, remember, more was going on than just Jesus arriving. Jesus was being protected by his Father, just like you and I can be as well. And Jesus was on mission to save the world, just like you and I can enjoy as well. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for listening to Simple Faith today. If you'd like to share this with somebody, you can easily do that uh, through whatever podcast stream you use. Uh, Also, you can sign up for the subscription and find out more about what's coming up and subscribe to the podcast itself. Next week, we're back with a little podcast I wanted to put out for all of those who will be attending a Christmas Eve service this year. And I want to just teach you how to get the most out of your church's Christmas Eve service, how you can best utilize that. And next week, I'll be back with some tips and tricks to help you with that. Pastors, you may want to listen and share it with your people as well, because all of us put a lot of effort and work into our Christmas Eve service, and we want to make sure that everybody participates. So how do you get the most out of it? We're going to talk about that next week. So we'll see you then. And as always, keep it simple.